Welcome to Sports Bites, your bite-sized podcast serving up the perfect blend of sports and food. I'm your host, Chris Joseph, and in each episode, I'll look to tackle the latest sports buzz while including the tastiest bites. On this episode, I will break down what's going on in the NFL. Also, look at some of the Major League Baseball playoffs. We had a Game 7 last night. One ticket's been punched. Congratulations to the Rangers and your fan base. Two years removed from losing 100 games, now you're in the World Series. Tonight, we've got another Game 7 as the Diamondbacks and the Philadelphia Phillies square off in Citizens Bank Park. Maybe that's where we should go for our stadiumreviews.com stadium review. I like it. So let's go ahead and dig in. We're going to start with the NFL. And let me start by saying this. I just, I can't get a pulse on the NFL this season, okay? I, I, I have no idea what's going on. I'm watching the games. I think I have my finger on the pulse of it, and I'm wrong. Pats beating the Bills. Jets beating the Eagles. Browns beating the 49ers. Another one this week was just an absolute beatdown that the Baltimore Ravens put on the Detroit Lions. The way Detroit was playing heading into the game, you know, I thought for sure they could you know, come into Baltimore, get a win. Hell, they barely competed. The Ravens absolutely bodied the Lions 38-6. Lamar Jackson was damn near flawless. Easily the most complete team performance of the year for the Ravens. The Lions, who had come in rolling, really, four in a row they had won by at least 14 points or more. And to tell you how the difference on each team's completely were, both teams had 10 possessions, right? Baltimore gained almost 200 more yards on 17 less plays. That spells disaster. Any league. Any league. Jared Goff had to throw the ball 53 times because they got behind so quick. Really took him out of their game. Mark Andrews. I mean, he's you know, he doesn't get a lot of shine because of guys like, you know, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, but like Mark Andrews is a really, really good tight end. Four catches, two touchdowns. Zay Flowers, another big day, four catches, 75 yards. And Lamar Jackson, 21 to 27, 357 yards, three touchdowns. And this one was probably his most impressive. 11th play of this drive, third and three. Right here. See how tight they are now? Jackson can't find anyone. Looking to take off and run. Bounces away. Still surveying. Still alive. Throwing and don't talk for the touchdown. Nelson Aguilar. If you listen, that play lasted almost 13, 14 seconds. That's ridiculous in the NFL. That's ridiculous. I mean, he just running around, keeping the play. Oh, it did great. He also added a rushing touchdown. Amon Ross St. Brown, one of my favorite players in the league, had a good game as he, as he usually does, 13 catches, 102 yards. Jameer Gibbs, the only line to find in the end zone, but that wasn't until late, you know, in the fourth quarter. Both teams now lead their division at 5-2 and two on the year. Next up for the Lions, they're going to host Vegas on Monday night in Detroit. You know, Detroit hosting a Monday night football game, and the Ravens will be in uh, at Arizona taking on the Cardinals. So interesting matchup there. Another game I said to kind of keep your eye on the Falcons and the Buccaneers met down in Tampa, a game between two teams in the NFC South that needed a victory, especially since it's this divisional game. The Falcons coming off that loss to the Commanders with Desmond Ritter throwing three interceptions in the game. Bucks coming off getting handled by Detroit pretty easily. In this game, Ritter didn't throw any interceptions, but he fumbled the ball away three times, one time heading into the end zone, getting absolutely just punched out of his hands. The Falcons have some decent offensive weapons, and they keep finding ways to shoot themselves in the foot. Kyle Pitts, you know, Drake London, to me, is kind of underrated. Is he a great receiver? No, but he really does a good job. I don't know what they're doing to Bijan Robinson now. It's like it's like they heard me saying I want Bijan Robinson to be the offensive rookie of the year, and they're like, nope, we're going to continue to make you look stupid when you talk about the NFL. Baker didn't have the best game. The victory for the Falcons, though. Snapping an eight-game losing streak on the road. So good for the Falcons. But Baker, 
27 of 42, 275 yards, one touchdown. But it was a nice one. Tackle the football. Mayfield. Deep. He's got it. Mike Evans. That's a Buccaneer touchdown. Mike Evans with the tech catch right there. So, you know, Bucks again, need to get the ground game going. They're, they're, they're struggling. Seven or three yards on the ground. And Baker was a second leading rusher with 32 yards. You've got to have more production from the running back position. But even with the turnovers, multiple penalties, the Falcons found themselves in position to win the game. The kick. It's up. It's out. It's through. Time expires. At the buzzer, the Falcons win it by three. Young Hoo kicked the game-winning 51-yard field goal. Sending Tampa to the third loss in four games. Next up for the Falcons, they're going to play in Nashville, take on the Titans, who are struggling as well. The Bucs are going to have a short week, and it doesn't get any easier. Thursday night, they play the Bills. Should be an interesting game. Now, the Browns and the Colts was another game I was intrigued in because Gardner Minshew taking over for Anthony Richardson. The Browns coming off that victory over the 49ers. I, I love the defense that the Browns play. They're, they're, all, they're really good. They're fun to watch. Gardner Minshew takes over. It's his first game. He's going to, you know, it, it. he does what he does. He goes out, you know, oh, Uncle Rico throws for 305 yards, two touchdowns. The downside is, is Gardner Minshew was responsible for four turnovers. Jonathan Taylor carried the ball 18 times for 76 yards with a touchdown. P.J. Walker, the former Temple quarterback, came in, was just kind of hanging on after Deshaun Watson left the game under concussion protocol. But Jerome Ford really did a good job getting Cleveland off on a good step. Kareem Hunt dealing with a thigh injury is going to play as Ford breaks one. Ford toting the rock to the house. And Cleveland throws down the gauntlet at the start. Jerome Ford with a 69-yard touchdown run, and, and you know, Cleveland looked to be on their way. Really like what I saw from them. Dustin Hopkins added four field goals. Kareem did his part, though. He did his part. Gardner Minshew, you know, he he wasn't, you know, he's like, look, I may be turning the ball over, but I'm going to still compete, and you're always going to get that. They scored to take the lead late on a great play. Third of the season for the injured Anthony Richardson. On second down, he fakes the Taylor. Fires over the middle, completes. Pittman, Pittman breaking free. That was with about five minutes left in the game. And the Colts take the lead. But again, the Browns offense able to work its way down. Josh Downs, the main target for Minshew. Five receptions on six targets. 125 yards and a touchdown. I was surprised how the Colts were able to move the ball against the Browns because the 49ers weren't able to. But Cleveland worked its way down. Kareem Hunt, who had been battling injuries all day, found himself in position to win the game for the Browns. Keep your eyes disciplined for play action. Hunt, did he get in? Touchdown! Big score there. And, you know, the Browns end up knocking off the Colts, which the Colts, I loved watching them, you know, the black helmets with the all blue uniforms. Looked really cool. Looked really cool. Out in uh, Kansas City, you know, People are watching this stuff with, with Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, and now Taylor Swift up in the the family's box. 
secret handshakes with Brittany Mahomes. And, you know, there's a lot of people who spit some hate towards Brittany. And maybe, I don't know, those two are getting along pretty well. They've got, like, secret handshakes and chest bumps. And, you know, it, you know it'll be interesting once Taylor goes back on tour, uh, how it'll ramp up or die down as far as the attention there. But, you know, the Swifties are, are enjoying football. They're, they're, they're buying a lot of red and yellow gear for this Kansas City. But, yeah, you see them up there watching their men play. And Mahomes and Kelsey played extremely well. Mahomes threw for 424 yards. Travis Kelsey was feasting. 12 receptions, 179 yards, and a touchdown. Take the handoff. Pass in the middle. Kelsey's reaching for the goal line. And he shoved across. Oh, my gosh. Still waiting for the signal. I think it's a touchdown. Now they're up with arms. Touchdown, Kansas City. You want to hear a crazy stat? When I saw this, I couldn't believe it. Patrick Mahomes, right? He is now 29-3 and against the AFC West. <laughs> Mind blown, right? That was the first time this year the offense for Kansas City, for me, looked like they really had a good flow to it because they hadn't, you know, with how well Mahomes and the aerial attack was finding success against the Chargers. They really didn't need any running, but Justin Herbert, more interceptions and touchdowns. So far in the year, 10 touchdowns, four interceptions. And the Chargers are just, there's something missing. And I feel as Brandon Staley, now there's reports out there that he's lost the locker room. I just, I don't know if he's the answer. I just don't like the vibe he brings. And with some of the talent the Chargers have, they should be a much better team. But they're not. Chargers fall to two and four. Chiefs are now six and one. Up next for the Chargers, it's the Bears. And Kansas City will face an AFC West opponent in Denver. Will he become 30 and three? Stay tuned. Patrick Mahomes, just they've already got a three-game lead. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to go over the divisions here in a second. Sunday night football, man, it was set up to be a heavyweight fight. Eagles won the main event. Eagles come out in their Kelly Green throwbacks, knocked out the Dolphins 31-17. Jalen Hurts versus Tua, a battle of former Alabama teammates. Jalen comes out on top. Darius Slay picked off Tua, returned it to the near goal line to ice the game as it was 24-17. You know, A.J. Brown continues to show why he's one of the best in the game. Ten receptions. 137 yards, a touchdown. DeAndre Swift, 62 yards. The Eagles' defense limited the Dolphins to 244 yards, and both teams really struggled on third downs. The brotherly shove comes into play. Dolphins are now sitting at 5-2, and two, but the Eagles, they found a way to get that, that offense going early. Hurts to Goddard. Blocker in front. Goddard inside the 10. To the end zone. Touchdown. Dallas Goddard. Another good play by a tight end right there. Dallas got it. It was National Tight End Day, so you had to give all the tight ends some love. But late in the game, Philly. Final half minute of this third quarter. Eagles trying to retake the lead. Hurts. Complete. Where the tackle is Brown. To the end zone. Touchdown, Philadelphia. I, I'll say this. You know, the, the Kelly Greens brought back memories of Randall Cunningham, Ricky Waters. Reggie White, when those guys, I mean, they were just awesome. It was fun to watch those guys play. Up next for Miami, they play the Patriots. Who knows what's going to happen, how the Patriots are going to play to beat the Bills. Miami should beat the Patriots. We'll see. The Eagles travel to Washington to play the Commanders, who have always seemed to give the Philadelphia Eagles you know, a, a tough competition over the last couple of years. Won one game last year, went into overtime this year. A lot of stuff happening up in Washington as well. We're going to look at the divisions 
as we get to the midpoint of the year. And the AFC's the Dolphins lead five and two. The Bills are right behind them at four and three, and the Jets are three and three. The Dolphins look like they should be the favorite to win the division with Buffalo making the playoffs. I don't know if the Jets are going to be able to sustain and, and get there. It depends on what happens because right now the AFC North, you've got the Ravens leading at five and two. Unfortunately, now coming off that big win over Detroit, Pittsburgh and Cleveland are sitting at four and two. So that looks like a t- you know division. If it continues to move that way, maybe you get four. But the Bengals are at three and three, and it's still up for grabs. So if the Bengals get going, could end up in the playoffs again. Who knows how many teams the AFC North get? The AFC South is only going to get one, I think. The Jaguars they go to London, win a couple games, come back. Now they're five and two. But how about the surprise in Texans at three and three? C.J. Stroud playing a lot better than I thought he would. A lot better. Jamico Ryan's got to love what he's getting from this team. I don't know if I saw them winning three games this year, but they've surprised me. Titans, I think the Super Bowl window is about to be slammed on them. The Jags should win the division. They may see the Texans sneak into the playoffs. I think it depends on what happens in the AFC North. AFC West, it's the Chiefs. Chiefs are up by three games. They're six and one. Vegas behind them at three and four. Chargers and Broncos bringing up the rear. And I just can't get a read on the bottom half of the division who... Who could, you know, who knows what could happen? I think Staley might be gone at the end of the year, if you ask me. Over in the NFC in the East, Eagles flying high, man. Six and one, head of the Cowboys, four and two, struggling commanders. Giants bringing up the rear. I think the Cowboys find their way into the playoffs. You get two teams out of there. The NFC North, led by the Lions, and probably one of the biggest mysteries this year, Minnesota. Now, Minnesota did beat the 49ers last night, but it's still surprising how bad Minnesota has looked at times. The rest of the division is all at two and four. Minnesota, again, just disappointing. The NFC West, led by the 49ers, who look like they should be a favorite to be in the Super Bowl, but the loss to the Browns, and then that loss last night to the, the Vikings, I, I I don't know. Seattle, really good team with Geno Smith at the helm. I expect them to make a playoff push, and the Rams can sneak in in the West, getting three teams possibly. The Cardinals are the Cardinals. And for the South, it's really up for grabs, every team except the Carolina Panthers, who are just a god-awful football team. Bryce Young looks like he's never played football before. Falcons lead the division right now 4-3 and three over the Bucks and the Saints, both with three wins so far in the year. It could get more interesting, and they might get, might get one more team in. So Minnesota last night beat San Francisco, making it back-to-back losses for the 49ers. Both quoted as saying, the NFL will humble you. That did. 22-17. And watching Brock Purdy, I was, I don't root for anybody to fail, right? But watching Brock Purdy, that end of the game, that's what I saw from Brock Purdy at Iowa State. Late game interceptions. And I know he had everything going last year. And I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but that's what I saw in Big 12 play. That's what I saw when they played Oklahoma. Brock Purdy making those late game mistakes. Jordan Addison, great job stepping in for Justin Jefferson, not being there. Seven catches, 123 yards, two touchdowns. Gotta love it, right? Gotta love it. Talked a little bit last night, uh, Major League Baseball. Two game sevens. When you get to the playoffs and you can get to a game seven with a series, it's amazing. Now, I am not a Rangers fan. Being that I lived in Oklahoma the majority of my life, where I worked, I had a lot of Ranger fans that I know. So... They're all tense last night. I can remember back in 05 when the White Sox were in the World Series, how you know I was up late every night watching them play the Astros. But I was hoping, just because I, I just I don't like the Astros. The whole cheating thing, I, I don't get into it. 
So I'm rooting for the Rangers. And man, did the Rangers start the game off hot. Ship series. On this 1-0 from Javier, Seager hits a high fly ball, deep right field, a bomb in the first! Right away, a statement. Right away, shock value. Boom, shock value. I was like, okay, I, I can I can dig this. I can really get into seeing you know, Texas win. I wanted to see more. I wanted to see more. I felt like Kylo Ren. More. He just, he's more. I wanted to see him just pour it on. Boy, and Adolis Garcia. Man, talk about a spark plug. A catalyst, a lightning rod. If you're a Houston fan, he had a pretty good series against you guys. Garcia starts the third and drives one the other way down the line. If it's fair, he's got another. He does. Adolis Garcia owning October. He wasn't done to put the icing on the cake. Here's Garcia. And it said something quite impressive. Tom, take it away. Here's the fly ball. Hold on one second. Back goes Brantley to the wall. And Adolis Garcia has hit another home run. Impossible. His fifth in the last four games. He owns Houston. He owned Houston. And my hat's off to Max Scherzer. Getting the ball to start for the Rangers. I thought he did exactly what he needed to do and let his offense have an opportunity to put up some runs. And nothing's better than that final out when you clinch heading to the World Series. Grounded a second. Two years removed from losing 100. The Rangers have won the pennant. Two years. Two years ago, the Rangers lose 100 games. That's astronomical. And to do what they've done, hats off to the Rangers, man. Mo, you know, to all the people that I know that are Ranger fans, I hope you get a chance to go to a World Series game. That'd be really cool. Hope your team wins. Game seven tonight, the NLCS from Citizens Bank Park, Philly, and Arizona. The Diamondbacks taking on the Philadelphia Phillies to see who's going to get to play those Rangers in the World Series. Brandon Fott will get the ball for the Diamondbacks. And Ranger Suarez was going to get the ball for the Phillies. I think I made Ranger trying to get a chance to see the Rangers, you know, and I want to see Kyle Schwarber crush baseballs, right? Bryce Harper, you know, he, he always does. So that led me to think that we should do our stadium reviews from Citizens Bank Field, right? I love Citizens Bank Field. I love Philadelphia. You know, there's got to be some cheese things, right? <laughs> In Philadelphia, where the fighting fields play, this is one of those songs that just gets you kind of amped up, right? It's game seven. No turning back. Winner goes to the World Series. Loser, you're done. Classic Citizens Bank Park food. 
You're going to be at the game tonight. Ballpark favorites. They've got hot dogs, popcorn, pretzels, beer, soda, water. Good stuff. The Hatfield Grill, hot dogs, Italian sausages, cheese steaks, chicken tendies, fries, soda, water, all that. Shake Shack, classic burgers or crinkle cut fries. I like Shake Shack. Soft pretzels, nothing like a nice hot soft pretzel with some good cheese. The Jim Beam Highball Bar, offering signature drinks and cocktails. I love that. Manco Manco Pizza, says a Jersey Shore inspired pizza. I, I'll try it. Bulls barbecue, ribs, kielbasa, turkey sandwiches, cheesesteaks there as well. They get into the Battle of Cheesesteaks, drink market, alcoholic drinks, snacks, and more out in section 137. Cobblestone grill, more cheesesteaks. I would have to try every cheesesteak, right? I would have to. They do have a gluten-free dedicated stand serving gluten-free salads. Brown, the salad thing. I don't know when the salads started making their way into it. And I, I know I keep saying it when I'm reading, but like, I've never been at a game and wanted a salad. Never. I'm sorry. I've never wanted a salad at a game. Some of the cool new things that they had there, 1883 burger, play to the United States, everything. Fresh burgers, fries, chicken tendies, Campos steaks. Here's another cheesesteak with hot jalapeno sauce, a spicy cheddar. Says this cheesesteak sandwich with cheese sauce is the go-to for any fan looking for the ultimate Philly experience. Check out the stand in Ashburn Alley to the right field. Greens and grains serving plant-based food. Eh. Brewery Town, local craft beer. I mean, I'm, I'm good. Neighborhood pizza, classic pizza slices. You can get a good slice, I'm sure it's good. Colby Southern Kiss Chicken, Southern-style chicken sandwiches. Probably got the pickles on there. Chickies and Pete's Crab Fries. Crab fries and more under the Liberty Bell. Okay. Harry the K serving Korean pork belly sandwiches with a chili lime salt, grilled pineapples, and gojajang sauce. I like pork belly. Tony Luke serving pork sandwiches and Philly cheesesteaks. That's at least five Philly cheesesteaks. I need to go there and try every cheesesteak. The Yard Bar. Beer, cocktails, seltzer, more. Pass and stow. You know, I like that. Pass and stow. Obviously for, you know, a nod to the Liberty Bell. If you're familiar with the National Treasure movies, Nicolas Cage's character talked about the house of Pass and Stowe. The new beer garden in the third base gate. The names Pass and Stowe come from the people who recast the Liberty Bell in, 19, or in 1753. Anyone who likes history and beer should go check out this beer garden during the game. Classic desserts, if you want to find anything. Philadelphia water, ice, and Richmond's ice cream. Water, ice, and ice cream. I don't know what water ice is. I like shaved ice. Federal donuts and chicken. Hmm, chicken and donuts. Interesting combo. But I'd try it. Old City Creamery, soft serve ice cream, and Philly helmets. I used to love going to the games and getting the little helmets. Cotton candy. Good. Shy Park Eatery, soft serve ice cream out there. Man, some, some great food. But I would have to load up and try every single cheesesteak that's out there, right? You'd have to. And you'd feel like you're in that second fight with Apollo Creed trying to get through all five cheesesteaks. And you've got to order them with or without the whiz and, and the cheese sauce and onions and what kind of bread is it? Uh, oh. I love it. Again, check out thestadiumreviews.com if you're going to be heading to any game. Anytime soon, you're going to be looking for 
information about the ballpark, what's going to go on, the the bag policies, anything out there. So give that a check out on the sports, thestadiumreviews.com. But I want to give you guys a heads up. I have a special guest coming up um, after this episode. Tom Helmer's coming on. The Michigan native has been part of everything from sideline reporting on Fox NFL Sunday games. He's done play-by-play for the Rockies, the Red Sox. He's been on the call for Big 12 and Pac-12 games. And, and right now, Tom has a a really cool website. And he's you know he's hosting national TV show, shows, such as Fox Sportsnet's BCS Breakdown, back when the BCS was around. Multiple Emmy Award winner. Now the full-time voice of Eastern Michigan Athletics football, men's and women's basketball. And if you're looking, check out Hooked on Helmets on YouTube or TikTok. All right, it's a it's an account that dives deep into the history of NFL and college team helmets, their history of logos, colors, and as a football nerd, I love his content. Check it out. Listen to this interview when I have it. I, I think it's going to be exciting. I'm excited for you guys. I'm excited to talk to him. Check out that interview. But before you do that, go to TikTok if you have an account. Go to YouTube. Look up Hooked on Helmets. And he does a great job breaking everything down. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in to another delicious episode of Sports Bites where we dished out the perfect blend of sports and food. I hope you savored the flavor of our discussions and found them as satisfying as your team winning on the field. If you're hungry for more, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Stay connected with us on social media for the latest updates, mouthwatering recipes, and sports insights that hit the spot. Until next time, remember to keep your appetite for sports and food alive, and may your game day snacks always be on point. Good day, everyone, and remember to always positively move forward.